Hello there, welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. My name is Big Will, aka Uncle Beer Me. And this is Justin. What's going on, guys? There he is. What's up, Justin? Hanging out. You know, took a shower, got all that sawdust off me. This is my new thing. I'm going to tell you about it every <laughs> single week. Hey, I'm getting, I'm getting tired of this, man. I like yeah. the, what you're doing with wood, but, you know, you got the wood tongue now. You want, yeah, it's, <laughs> I got this George Washington mouth, apparently. Uh, how you doing, Tom? I'm doing all right. Honestly, I have less to report than him. He's doing cooler stuff. I'm, oh, uh, man, but I, I am well, though. Pine. I'm in good spirits. Staying busy. How are you hanging in there, Will? Just chilling out, man. Uh, I do like carpentry myself, but I don't always got to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. Taking care of the cat over here. Uh, you know, doing my thing, man. Uh, perusing some vinyl releases that I plan on doing a bonus episode about. Um, we also have a bonus episode I was working on about Long Island, the very specific era of Long Island death metal. The internal bleeding slam movement of the late 90s, if you will, that I've been working on behind the scenes. So trying to bring people as much content as we can. Uh, with everybody being indoors a little bit more nowadays, so to speak. Yeah, internal people. Oh, yeah, everybody's uh-huh. internal nowadays, yeah. huh? That's how we're staying, man. Yeah, so... Slam the door. Yeah, that sounds great, guys. I'm just... Oh, man, wow. What speaking, speaking of doors, I'll bite Justin. Uh, what are you working on? What's going on over there? Oh, well, I'm in, I'm in the very beginning stages. Uh, I'm going to try to build a guitar, um, I've decided. Uh, after okay. talking with uh, a friend of mine, Tom, you might know him. Uh, you know, we were, we were toss, tossing around this idea, and uh, yeah, so I'm going to waste a lot of money and, and material on on that mess. I'll let you know. Tom, Mor- Tom Morello is teaching you how yeah, to build a I guitar. Was, I was there. Um, yeah, me. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, just Tom. He, from my the heavy hole podcast. I don't I, know Tom. I am all for this. Your attention to detail with your woodworking. I mean, you know, I'm just busting chops. You got an eye for it, so you might as well try. We have to try it. I appreciate you saying that, Tom. And really, it's like, what kind of band is going to be started from this mess of a guitar that will be made? That's the cl- that's the cliffhanger I want to leave you on. You know? Yeah, a band saw. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, speaking about people with aspirations, uh, dreams, and <laughs> cliffhangers... We have all of that in tonight's episode. We're going to talk to a young man, and I say that respectfully because I'm what they refer to as an old head out here. Uh, Losing my hair, beard going a little bit gray, you know, it happens. So I use that term respectfully. We have a young man, Lennon O'Donnell, calling in tonight. You may not have heard about him, uh, but he's got quite a discography under his belt at a young age already. Uh, Came to my attention. I wanted to get him on the podcast and find out what's going on with him. I'm curious. Good thing he's calling Get him on the phone. Lennon, O'Donnell, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, what's good? Uh, just chilling, man. Uh, it's Big Will, as you know. And uh, right off the bat, I got Tom over here. Yo. Hell yeah. And Justin over there in the old school logo Cannibal Corpse hat. What's up, buddy? 
the original one before it got all revamped. That's right, the sloppy. He was he was waiting for me to to, to point out that merch, man. Um, <laughs> but enough enough about us, uh, Lennon. Thank you for your time, man. How you doing over there? You're you're in California? No, Nevada, Southern Nevada. Okay, Nevada. Pardon me. Um, but you're are you are are you originally from California? Yes, I am. I was uh, born in Valencia. Now, I, I you know I gave a brief introduction before we got you on the phone. Um, and you have a lot of projects, um, some of which are ongoing, uh, some of which, some of which maybe um, are in the past. Just give us a rundown right now. What's active? I know Pestilectomy um, has put out uh, your ceremonial abhorrence EP just recently this year, and you're planning something with Pestilectomy. But what else is going on? Yeah, Pestilectomy at the moment. We're trying to get everything together for a full length. Um, right now, we had to. Uh we just, uh, we went through so much hell, like, putting together that EP. It was kind of like a promotional EP more than anything. And it's like, because we wanted to put something out because it was like, it's been so long since the last thing we did. But yeah, that's what we're aiming for later this year to do a full length with a pestilectomy. Uh, Decimated is like, kind of just like on a hiatus until further notice. And uh, I have this other band called uh, Venezia Fatalities, which uh, we did an EP, uh, and a split last year um that will also like uh continue whenever whenever we get around to it but mostly i'm just focusing on pestilating me right now awesome man yeah just just to frame uh the interview right now and um but but before that uh lennon do you mind if, if i ask uh how old are you i'm 25 25 okay because i prefaced the interview i said uh, you know, I'm I'm what they call an old head nowadays, man. I'm losing my hair a little bit. I'm trying to keep up with what's going on nowadays in the scene. Um, you know what I mean? We got you on. I want to hear a little bit about your experience, man. Uh, starting off, are you from a family that's particularly musical or friendly to extreme music in any way? Um, yes to the music part. No to the extreme music part. Like, well... I mean, it kind of depends which way you look at it, because, like, um, my dad was part of the hardcore scene, like, in the 80s. Um, he was never really, like, uh, fond of, like, extreme metal, uh, per se. I mean, he was aware of, like, grindcore and, you know, crust punk and that kind of shit, but, you know, he, he was never, like, totally, like, uh, aware, like, into, like, you know, like, death metal, black metal, and everything that came off of that. Um, and uh, my mom is even less lesser than that like she like she's a punker as well you know she she's aware of hardcore but yeah both my parents they're not uh they're they, like pretty much nobody in my family like listens to kind of like extreme metal um i mean i did get my dad into some stuff like later on when i started listening to it but uh he's mostly an old head when it comes to uh when it comes to all this. yeah <laughs> It, well, it's it's funny too, just to hear the distinction between uh, you know old school punk and hardcore, and extreme metal because things have come so far. But like uh, you know, I remember you know driving you know being driven around in the car and my mom listening to Van Halen and things like that. Like, what sort of stuff uh, do you remember hearing at a young age in terms of like some of the hardcore music or whatever kind of independent music was going on? Uh, my father's a really big fan of Germs. Misfits. Same with my mom. And my mom loves Misfits. Um, that's what I listened to a lot, like growing up. Because, like you know, like you said, the whole being in the car thing—that's kind of like where I was ex exposed to it. And uh, you know, a bunch of old like rock bands too, like ACDC, like 
nothing I'm particularly interested in, but you know, <laughs> it's yeah, you know, it's dad rock, so of course dad's gonna listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I, I I listen to some of that stuff too, man. Um, not, That's not root that, stuff, man. You can't you can't forget that stuff. Very important, yeah, historically. I'm not claiming any kids out there, though, man. Um, <laughs> the Misfits. That's interesting because the Misfits is a horror themed band. Uh, like when when do you become aware of extreme metal? Whether it's death metal, gore grind, you know things like that. Like when when do you start realizing that that side of things? Uh, yeah, Misfits is great. I actually just saw them a couple of years ago. And I, um, but yeah, to answer your question, um, it's actually a, that's actually a really kind of crazy story. Um, okay, well to put this into perspective, like I mainly like hip hop, like particularly like aggressive hip hop, you know, stuff like Onyx, you know, shout out New York hip hop, you know, stuff like yeah, where you're yeah. at. But yeah, yeah, I loved Onyx. Yeah, I loved yeah. All, yeah it, it, that was my shit at the time. But then like, okay, you know how like, um, you know how I tell them when you use like direct TV, you can, you can go up to like these really high up channels and then you'll start getting like radio stations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they have okay. the genre stations that yeah. have the different things yeah. music, yeah. Yes, that's it. Okay, when I was like 11 or 12 years old, you know, I used to just be on that thing, scrolling the channels, and there was a station on there that played, like, legit nothing but death metal, and, like, that was, this was my first exposure to it at the time, so, like, I didn't know what the hell it was. I would just stop on that channel sometimes and just hear these just inhuman, you know, fucking vocals and stuff, just, like, dudes growling, sounding like monsters. Like, being 12 years old, you know, that would just the shit out of me but you know i was so fascinated by it that every now and then even though i wasn't into the music i would still stop on that channel and just be like amazed from like what i'm hearing i'm like holy fuck <laughs> and then like um a few years later down the line like because you know i i didn't i obviously didn't like that at the moment i i had to kind of like you know like build my way into like growing or something like that but yeah um yeah. I started, I started playing, like, you know, like the Guitar Hero series, stuff like that. Um, and that kind of exposed me to, like, more heavier music. And then from there, I started listening to, like, uh, Cradle of Filth, um, Job for a Cowboy, uh, Early Cannibal Corpse, that kind of stuff. And uh, okay. I, th- I think, like, the scene in uh, Ace Ventura with Cannibal Corpse, I think that kind of also had something to do with it. Because <laughs> that also it was, like, really fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, it went from there, and then I just got uh, just just started listening to and discovering more and more brutal stuff from there on out. Yeah, uh, yeah, man, and that that scene in um, Ace Ventura launched a lot of people's death metal fandom um, through uh, through the years, man. So it's yeah, so many times. My mom was always a huge fan of uh, Jim Carrey, so I've always been around his <laughs> <those> films. <laughs> It's funny you mention Onyx because you're out there um, on the West Coast and you're listening to Onyx, uh, which I guess you know, growing up in your generation, the East Coast West Coast thing wasn't as, as big a deal, and it was and it was more about you listen to music that's on the internet, right? Um, well, I was listening to music before I was like even on the internet, like before I even had like a computer in my house. So like, you know, I was I was getting into hip hop because that's just what my what my friends at school. We're kind of, like, like we used to like pass around like this to each other because like around the time when like 50 Cent releases like um, the Massacre album, uh, yeah. the kids would like pa- pass around burnt discs of that to each other. Um, I eventually got a copy of that for myself, and that really opened up my eyes to like 
more just meaner music. And, you know, this is like before, like, everybody was on the internet. That second generation of tape trading. Yeah, pretty much. It's like burnt discs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, man. Oh, so, um, what I'm getting at with the, with the whole thing is... Uh, you know, when I listen to um, some of your projects, like particularly like uh, Slut Rot, um, and and a, and a lot of other, I guess you could call it slam uh, music that's going on, deathcore. We've talked about it a lot. I'm a little out of touch with what's going on. Where does hip hop come in on the on the influence and on like the the mindset, and and how does that set it apart from your more traditional death metal? I do like to think that like um, the hip hop I currently love does in fact influence like the music I make with like Tuscalectomy and stuff because like you know I'm a huge fan of Three Six Mafia and um, and uh, like Bone Thugs and usually when I'm listening to like that kind of stuff I'm getting like a vocal idea like like not literally like vocal ideas but like in terms of like recording because I hear them at using ad libs and stuff. Yeah, um, and that just like gives me such good ideas when I'm actually like tra- tracking the vocals themselves because it's like I'm just I'm, it, I just think it's so fucking cool because like when they're uh, when, when you hear like these little vocal peaks come in from like a different channel I, I just get like that's the number one thing that inspires me when it comes to like recording like death metal vocals in um, from that aspect but um yeah in terms of just like slam death metal and like the hip hop influence I think like a lot of it came from um like not only the rhythms but also like the uh demeanor because um i mean look at epicardiac man you know what i mean that's like the pinnacle of what i'm talking about um and i i, I agree too because it's like with with the, the more groove oriented death metal um i feel like bands are looking back at what was done by devourment maybe dying fetus maybe internal bleeding so on so forth maybe the one suffocation riff that it's all based on in a lot of ways and it's kind of evolved to this point where people are making groove oriented death metal and the vocalist is more and more taking the role of like an mc and i see you do a lot of like appearances on other people's albums and there's a lot of people doing appearances on your albums it seems like that vocalist being an mc mindset is almost like like you're doing collaborations the way rappers do yes exactly in fact i think that's actually i know that's actually where it came from because um features were originally just like a hip-hop thing like that's just so um rooted in hip-hop to like have someone else on your song I think that only like got introduced into like rock and metal because like it was originally a rap thing. Particularly with uh, your project is I, is I guess Slut Rod is a project that's been laid to rest or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're done. We put out <laughs> one last. Yeah, one last album was all it was, and we're done. Like uh, one of the guys in that band just uh, well, let's just say he's he's part of a band where like um that that uh that's kind of like against that kind of idealism even though like the band's technically like a joke to an extent kind of like an exaggeration of like uh you know death metal tropes he uh he was getting some shit like from some some groups because he's part of this big big popular group now signed to a really big label and uh it's just uh i don't know it just doesn't look good with his beliefs and also like we were all kind of like sick of that band anyway so (laughs) (laughs) I, I guess you know you, you, there's there's only so far you can go maybe um, with, with something that extreme, but uh, that that was going to be my question for you too. Is like it is a bunch of death metal tropes, but um, at that point it seems like it is just kind of like a big exaggerated parody. 
I mean, we have a dollar sign in the name. I mean, if you're taking that serious, bro, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, uh, moving forward from from that project um, with pestilectomy, could you maybe get into? Uh, the nature of it because I know you're collaborating with musicians from other parts of the world, right? It's me and uh, two guys from Germany, uh, Dustin and Felix. I love the fuck out of both those guys. They're amazing people, great. Um, just they have the best work ethic. Um, yeah, uh, Dustin um, plays in a group called Cogitations of the Nihilist. Um, it's actually taken off relatively well, you know. They're still like starting up, but they've been. Actually, they've played a few shows already. They've already got a great reception. I love what they're doing. And uh, Felix is in a Dragging and Trails, and he was part of a Chamber of Malice. Both of those bands are kind of known. I'm sure, I don't know. Maybe you've at least heard Dragging and Trails, I hope. <laughs> that, yeah, the, the name definitely rings a bell. I have to go back yeah, and check yeah, it yeah. out. Those guys are currently in the group. Uh, it was originally uh, founded by a guy named Sam from uh, the Netherlands. Uh, he originally had like a, a vocalist before me who ended up dying in a motorcycle crash, and um, uh, he, uh, after his passing, he, uh, he he kind of asked me to join, and then um, I just took it up from there. And we, we, the band was originally called Pestilent, but we had to change the name because of uh, some copyright reasons, and we didn't want to just like not be able to sell merch, so we said, "Well, fuck it, we're just going to change the name." And like the ectomy part was kind of like put on there just for like you know shits and giggles because like it's. You know, the whole ectomy thing with Slam is just kind of like a meme at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to ask about that that aspect of the name because you. I mean, I think you have orchidectomy is like you know the big one that I remember. Maybe I don't think they were even ironic. You know, at, at that point. Oh yeah, I love orchidectomy. I have one of their. I have one of their rare shirts, like one of the the thing with the weed leaf on the back. I think that's kind of worth a pretty penny these days. Flexing. I. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just Justin's gotta get on that, man. Justin's all about that that uh, that old school merch, man. Yeah, that 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 uh, cannibal, cannibal corpse logo flex game tonight. I only pay four times the original price, <laughs> not a penny less. Were any of you guys around when like Rotoquin merch was like mad expensive and just like ridiculously rare? What was that like 2012 when they weren't really that active? I remember shopping around yeah. and it was uh, very very scarce and <laughs> that's it i wasn't gonna pay for it at the time um <laughs> so yes i, I, I that that does yeah. happen i don't particularly remember that era but i i'm i'm old enough to remember when it was all out for the first initial run and i could have like gone in the time machine and bought it all and been the one making the money man i wish had i had i known in the <laughs> 90s what i know now i would have bought everything up man the death metal investor yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say. Let me rephrase. Of course, you guys were around. I'm just like. I was more like asking, "Were you aware?" <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I was by chance. Just, just uh, curious googling. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was like some weird thing I saw, like like some interview with Diffin Tomb mentioning that, and I was like, "It's such a weird part of history, especially when it comes to, like yeah. merchandise." Yeah. It's funny if you just search like uh, you know death metal under vintage T-shirts on Etsy or something like that, you'll be amazed at these prices. Like you can't you can't find a death shirt for under four hundred dollars, you know, like from the nineties. Uh, even like when after uh, after Blood Incantations first record, when they did that, like I guess the first run of long sleeves and T-shirts for that, and then sold out, um, those shirts were going for ninety dollars on eBay. <laughs> 
crazy. It doesn't really surprise me. I mean, yeah, certain bands yeah, just get that lift, you know. You, you got to wear clothes. Yeah. I've been uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been perusing vinyl a lot lately, and I got this thing where I only want to collect sick old school releases, but I, I never want to pay full price for them. I got to get the best price, so it's killing. I look up some old school album, and then you go, you know, to do the the official heavy hole research on it, you have to go to Metallum, check versions, and see if there were vinyl versions of it printed, and in what year if there was a reissue. Then go to Discogs, see like the five hundred dollar price tag. And then cry into your notebook that you're recording your research for, but but yeah, merch merch is a bitch, uh, and repressing it is a bitch because eventually the repress becomes rare, and that goes up in price too. It's a it's a dirty game. Um, but we talked about the time machine, Len, and just to get back to you, um, before all all the bands that we've talked about, could you take us through like when do you decide I need to start making these noises rhythmically? Uh, in this death metal style, and do you have like a first band, a high school band, or something like that? Uh, yeah, I was. I was a shitty metalcore band in high school. <laughs> it was didn't really do a whole lot. Um, did a few like garage recordings because uh, one of the one of the kids I was in one of the kids in the band had like a, a studio in his garage, and uh, we made we 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 just made some crappy MySpace tracks. That was pretty much it, and. Um, I was in another band after that called um, Every Black Minute. We were active for, I guess, briefly, like, under a year or so. And um, that was a pretty big band. It was, like, six or seven members. or No, we had seven members at first, and then it, like, narrowed down to six. And we played, like, I think five shows. Then um, that eventually broke up. And then, um, really, when I started getting, like, slam music, like, Making it, I it it started with uh, with Slut Rot because um, that came up because um, uh, James from Nephrectomy, um she hit me up. We were all talking. He said that yo, I want to make a band. I wanted I want to call it Slut Rot and have the dollar sign inside. And I'm like, all right, I can fuck with that. And <laughs> that, <laughs> that's where it started with there. And then after that, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Just for context, how old were you guys when you formed the band Slut Rot? I was uh, 19, I think. Um, okay. After, uh, we did some crappy demo, and then after that, uh, this guy from Australia hit me up. He said, yo, um, do you want to do some recordings? We can do this uh, We can do this group. And I said, sure, why not? I mean, you know, Slut Ride doesn't really seem to be doing anything because James is a busy guy, so he, uh, he didn't have time to just, like, do more recordings, as I hope. That's decimated pretty much started just by chance because like I didn't really seek out people to start these kinds of bands. It was more like the other way around for some reason, and I just always ended up on vocals, even though like I didn't really consider myself like a vocalist. It's just like that's just where I fit in because that's how they hit me up and said, "Yo, you're going to be doing this," and I'm like, "All right." <laughs> and um, the rest is pretty much history. We did a we did a full length with Decimated uh, after cut some recordings with that guy in Australia who was on instruments at the time and decimated and preceding that I was able to get a, a hold of um, amputated vein and they put out the full length and that's pretty much where it started okay and and I, I know you know I I this I found out about you um because of your YouTube channel and I, I do want to talk about that 420 project and our exchange but but before we get into that you have a whole series of vocal covers on there on YouTube. Um, 
Would you would you say it's accurate that you've been doing these vocal cover videos, uh, and the whole time you've kind of been progressing as a vocalist, so people would actually be able to like watch you know your progression on these videos? To be totally honest, I don't really consider myself like a vocalist. I just kind of it's fun, you know. It, it's just it's just not something I really consider like the best to my strength because like I originally wanted to be a bass player. Uh, vocals, which is kind of what I ended up doing, because like I said, like I got into like these bands that you hear about because people were like seeking me out and saying, "Yo, you're good at this, so we're gonna have you on vocals." Oh, okay. I mean, fair enough, but you um, you, you do have a more versatile uh, capability. But but speaking of that, so you you do play bass and other instruments. Vocals unexpectedly became my main instrument per se. Wow, okay, that, that's interesting because looking at your catalog and the kind of back history of vocal cover videos, um, that's definitely how I was approaching because it seems like you have a very professional rapport. You know, I can understand why people would go, all right, this is the guy we should get on the project, you know, because obviously you know how to do a song, you know how to stay in time, you know how to learn a part, so on and so forth. That's interesting, man. So with that in mind, yeah, do you have aspirations beyond being a vocalist uh, with any, any musical projects or anything like that? Um, because like I, eventually I just want to learn like pretty much every instrument because I just feel like with the way music's going lately a lot of stuff is getting a little more experimental because like I love a whole lot of other music like it, it's not just limited to metal and sometimes it's not just limited to even um, what people would consider like the norm because there's a lot of avant-garde stuff I really like. A lot of, I, I just love music that uses like weird instruments. It's kind of like learning a foreign language to me. Like I, I want to learn like a weird instrument the same way I want to learn like Latin. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, it yeah. kind of works in a sense. Yeah. Because what's some of this like stranger music you're attaching yourself to? Stuff like old Japanese jazz, um, various forms of noise music. There was this weird group I heard from uh, Slovakia the other day that that um. <laughs> that has this, uh, that uses like these weird um, Middle Eastern kind of instruments. That kind of stuff I'm pretty drawn to. It's like, that's why I like, when it comes to slam, that's why I like shit like dripping so much because they're like experimental as fuck. Dripping, yeah. Um, excellent, uh, now defunct New Jersey band, absolutely. And that, that's, that's kind of a good segue. Um, I gotta watch you young guys doing tricks on my segue on my front lawn. Uh, because you're talking about dripping, that's kind of adjacent uh, in a way to 420. Uh, speaking of more, def you know, defunct slam bands from my region, um, and it also shares in common the tragedy that there, uh, you know, certain members have passed away. Uh, but the band 420 um, evolved uh, from, uh, you could say, from from repudiation. Uh, also featured George Torres from Dehumanized, and they famously um, broke up with uh, and left behind an instrumental album. Uh, and that's kind of how you and I met online, Lennon, was, um, I believe it was Shane Reedy, if that's how I pronounce his name, on the Heavy Hole Facebook, on the social media, uh, introduced that uh, on, on the date 420 a few weeks ago. I, I made the comment that I, I, I felt like it was in bad taste to do it, um, you know, af, after the band had broken up or whatever. You, you, you know, you took it and you um, made your own version of it. I, I, I then apologized to you. And I took it back that I, th I felt like I was a little harsh on it because I, I watched the video again. I read your statement um, that's posted ahead of the video 
Uh, and I also reflected on the fact that George Torres, a member of the band, kind of co-signed it and everything. So, um, and I'll take the opportunity on the podcast also to apologize uh, and and to admit that I, I definitely should have given it uh, an- an- another opportunity, which I did. Uh, and I was listening to it again today. Do you want to just talk a little bit about how you, I mean, like, like real talk, like somebody like me, you're 25, you're from the West Coast. I know we have the internet, but how do you discover 420 uh, and 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 realize and like you know realize how relevant that is to what's going on today, or is that not as far a stretch as I think? First of all, I want to say you know it's okay, dude. I know like you knew those guys, and you know I know that you would probably take it you know in kind of a personal way because it's like who's this kid? Why is he doing this? You know, so it, it's fine. You know, no hard feelings. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um. Okay, what was your question? You're like asking me like why I did it or. You found 420 presumably on the internet, or maybe one of your bandmates recommended it to you. Uh, I I found him just because you know I just love the New York scene. <laughs> yeah, and that's that that also is kind of the premise of some of what I'm trying to get at with this interview. You know, the old head jokes and all that sort of thing. In reality, though, you know, you're from a younger generation than I am in extreme music. Um, I think of death metal, and you say slam death metal. I think I think of certain other things. I think of like internal bleeding in 1999 when people say slam. Still, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I think just... of that too. <laughs> well, that well, that's it. Is that we do meet in the middle somewhere? And when I saw that you did this project with the 420 music, the instrumental album, I was like, this is the perfect meeting of the two generations because that was written and recorded in the late 90s on Long Island. Um, where, where the whole slam death metal thing was going on from people that, that that basically originated or were like the second generation on from the guys that they were in bands with that originated it uh, and and you come you come and you complete it in an unofficial like like almost like like how they do with hip-hop like a remix uh, or a mixtape version of it uh, from your generation from the other side of the coast and it works perfectly and that's why I said, Maybe I'm not as far out of touch as I think I am. Maybe we do meet in the middle more as as generations of, of death metal. Yeah, I see. Like, the thing is, is um, the way I see me uh, me making that thing was more like like finishing an unfinished like game. Like, like there's ROMs on the internet you could find of like games like Star Fox Two and stuff, where like the fan community finished it and would put it up and just be like, okay, since Nintendo never put this up, here, we're gonna put it up. That's the way I kind of saw it. It's like, yes, it's not the official album, I, but I but I wanted to like put my own vocals on it because I like the song so much. And when I showed some of my friends, I was like, yo, look, look what I did. This took a few weeks to make, maybe you'll like it. And they're like, dude, put it on YouTube. And I'm like, all right, all right, bet. Yeah, it can't hurt. <laughs> it ended, yeah, and that's kind of, where it ended up I didn't I was I was a little nervous because like I know like two members of 420 are still alive I was I was hoping like none of them were gonna like take it the wrong way but then to my surprise the drummer commented on the video being like yo I love this and that just like meant so much to me because it's like I I never would have thought I never would have thought like anybody any of them were was gonna see it and it's just that was amazing in fact it, it means a lot to me that you even listen to it because you know that's that's you're native to that so 
I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the, the sentiment of, of uh, why you did it. And um, I laughed, too, uh, you know, when you brought up George Torres, the drummer of 420, and maybe a little bit more famously of Dehumanized. Um, you know, I, I've, I've met the guy. I've known him through the years. And, you know, he, he's, he's a real guy. If he didn't like it or didn't like the idea of it, he would have been real about it. So, you know, you got a 100% with that guy on the cosign. Um and yeah, you know, I, I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not gonna front either. You know, I, I wasn't buddy buddy with Matt Ferrara. That he wasn't my best friend or anything like that. These are guys that were a little bit older than me in the local scene, who I looked up to going to my first shows as a teenager and things like that. Uh, you know, same with the Dehumanized guys and the Internal Bleeding guys. Pirate. You know, these are all people I looked up to a lot. You know, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily of age back then, and um, you know, part of the whole moving and shaking with the scene. Uh, maybe that's why I kind of romanticize it so much, and I'm a little defensive about it as well. But uh, it's funny you, you mentioned the, the video game ROMs and finishing things like that because that's also part of this internet culture. Um, I mean, we you know we had video games when I was you know now I sound really, really old. We had video <laughs> games when I was a kid. <laughs> I imagine we you had, had video, video games. games. <laughs> but like six well, real, years old, real talk. When I was a senior in high school, I think uh, I bought a PlayStation One. That's what that was like the hot, you know, Final Fantasy VII was like the hot game when I was a senior in high school, man. So obviously things have changed, you know, considerably. You know, they just yeah. released like a, a remake of Final Fantasy VII just like really recently, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I've seen uh, Justin, Tom, any thoughts? Have you guys played that? No, I've never been a, an RPG yeah. guy myself. Uh, I'm not really a Final Fantasy fan. Oh, it's not even really an RPG anymore. They made it all, like, real-time and stuff, so it's, like, not even turn-based. I would recommend checking it out. Yeah, I might. You know, maybe I'll have some of this, uh, you know, lockdown time, and I'll, I'll crack, <laughs> crack it open. Good time to release a video game, definitely, um, That's for nowadays. Sure. I agree. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the, actually, the other artificial brain guys, as I've said many times, are all gamers. I know that some of them have definitely been on that Final Fantasy VII uh, remix tip lately, man. Um, but but yeah, but just get, getting back to that 420 thing, I think it's really cool. It's on your YouTube channel, and I recommend people check it out who are fans of uh, the Long Island death metal and maybe who are fans even of 420 and, and that wave of, of uh, music. We're also, like I said in the top of this episode, we're going to have a bonus episode I did just about internal bleeding in the late 90s and the whole kind of crop of uh, bands they influenced coming up out of the, the Nassau-Queens area that we're going to try to get out in conjunction with this interview, Lennon. Um, but we talked a lot about your projects, um, how you came up. Maybe I just want to get your thoughts on what's coming up in the future um, and start with where do you see this going? And do you see like this meaning extreme music and your, your corner of it, so to speak, the slam death metal stuff? Do you see that kind of splitting off completely from what we view as death metal and becoming its own like hip hop metal influenced thing? I do think that it recently it's kind of become too... Uh Deathcore influenced, I will say that. Um, I don't dislike Deathcore. I mean, it's what I grew up with. You know, I love Suicide Silence, shit like that. When I was like, you know, in high school, and going back to those records, it's still those are still really good records. But it's like new Deathcore and like brutal death metal. Uh, a lot of them just kind of cross paths a little too much these days. I feel like because like there's a lot of brutal death metal bands that sound like too Deathcore, and then there's a lot of like Deathcore bands that sound like want to be fucking um, ingested almost. <laughs> and Allegedly. Of, Allegedly. Yeah. I didn't say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, Ingested originally was like a brutal death metal band before they just progressively mm -hmm. started sounding like more and more deathcore. 
so it's like that would make sense that like just the lines are starting to like really thin out and that's the problem I feel like with the genre is like it's not really it's just getting too tangled up in its own thing now because I, I've talked about okay like I started listening to like slam death metal I think like 2012 2013 and back then there was like a big chunk of people that didn't even know what it was now when you mention slam there's a fair percentage of people that will actually think it's like a genre of deathcore and I'm just like bro no <laughs> it's it started it started right here on Long Island man in my in my in my opinion <laughs> I know there's some bands nowadays that market themselves as like slamming deathcore even though they don't really sound anything different than like Whitechapel did in 2007 but I I, I just I don't know that it's just kind of disappointing cuz like you know slam is a style of brutal death metal it came from where you where you're from you know it came from those bands that just were really hardcore influenced and had the like you know that kind of shit i know things change it's just i don't know i guess there's just some part of me that's just the nerd in me just wants things to stay the same forever i guess uh see that you're getting old man you're getting like me yeah probably i want everything to stay 1995 or or earlier you know at best um just, just kidding, man. I do like a lot of uh, new stuff. I have to for this podcast. Stay open-minded. Um, but uh, and and for yourself personally, uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, Pestilectomy is working on material for a full length. Uh, any other plans for the future? Any other creative projects? Anything to, to look out for, or anything you'd like to plug? I do want to say definitely um, get ready for Pestilectomy's full length because we're really trying our best to make this some. Um, we're trying to break free from just like the typical like slam stuff now because it's like there's too many of those ba- like okay I'm getting ahead of myself like seven years ago uh, it was actually ironically kind of difficult to hear bands play nothing but slam riffs now nowadays you could find ten of those bands on like slam worldwide every week <laughs> so yeah we're trying we're trying to actually like break free from that we're trying to have like some some influence from like kind of older stuff now kind of make it stand out we definitely want to do that with the full length we're definitely hoping people will fuck with it and that's what that's that's the plan for as far as uh, pestilectomy goes and i just uh other than that i guess i just want to say i hope decimated you know when when decimated does come back we will uh that that will also be kind of a, a thing to look out for in the future as well because i do plan on that band coming back i mean i i got I got the name tattooed on my hand. Like, I had Decimated tattooed on my hand, so, like, you know, fuck me if it doesn't come back. You make it come back with every yeah. bone in your body. Yeah. You get that band back. With every bone in your hand. So, well, now, hold on. Hold on. Here, here's my real old head moment. Tell me about the hand tattoo, man. Because that, that's a little... Hand tattoos, neck tattoos, they're more, they're more common with your generation. Is that is that, like, fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Face tattoos, too. I got one of them also. <laughs> Wow, you got face tatty, eh? Yeah, I got What's I got a little one. What, what what is it? It's a uh, sparkle, like on the side of my face. It, it pissed my parents off, but you know, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this this is because we're currently witnessing the, the next generation pissing off the punk rock parents we always wondered what because for us back in the 80s and 90s we always wondered like what's gonna when when these people grow up and have kids what are their kids gonna do to rebel and now we're kind of seeing it with you man (laughs) holy fuck i never thought what your kids are gonna do oh shit 
<laughs> I never thought of it that way. That's actually amazing. It's funny to me, man. Um, so, all right. So, what what about the hand tat? What do they think about that? Um, well, when I started getting tattoos, you know, they were kind of upset about it at first, but then like uh, eventually they just had to deal with it because you know, it, it, like I remember when I would come home, you know, at my mom's place, uh, like five or so years ago. I was, uh, I was just getting like, you know, I was getting tattooed like fairly regularly and uh, she would ask me like, yo, when is this going to stop? And I'm like, I don't know when I'm satisfied. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I built, I built up the entire sleeve of my red arm and it just, it progressively just grew and grew and grew. And I think in the middle of that, she just kind of got used to it. But then like, oh my God, when I, when I came home with that fucking face tattoo, she was, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Who, wait. Who did your face tattoo? Uh, Mark, the guitarist for Cerebral Incubation, that slam band. He did the face tattoo. <laughs> Keeping yeah. it close to home, wow. man. Yeah. <laughs> he did uh one of my hands too, because I have both my hands tattooed. He did the right one. Slam subculture, man. Giving each other tats on the face. That's it's a whole new generation here, guys. <laughs> Yeah, shout out Mark. He's an amazing fucking dude. I love all those Cerebral Incubation guys. They're just they're great, dude. Cerebral Incubation. They're from your area out there, I presume. Yeah, yeah. They're for, they're one hour from me. We're we're gonna ask you quickly to review to uh, recommend to our listeners one older release and one newer release, and then you can go let the dog in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna let the neighbor's dog in, but yeah, no, not that dog. He doesn't sound friendly. Okay, so older release. Anything you'd want to recommend to our listeners? Okay, is 2000 old enough? Yes. Uh, yes, that meets our criteria. <laughs> There's this French band called Fate. They're fucking amazing. They combine, like, brutal death metal with, like, new metal. Um, totally recommend their album. It, and before you get, like, disgusted with that statement, let me just uh, uh, reiterate that it's it's more brutal death than new metal. It ha- it's, like, brutal death with, like, new metal influences. They have, like, turntables and shit. The band's called Fate. They put out an album called No Sense in the year 2000. Great fucking release. It is amazing. It sounds like it's suffocation and like Flint Biscuit had a child. I totally <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to this. I've been to I've been to a lot of Long Island shows. I think Suffocation and Limp Biscuit had a lot of children, and they're still w- wandering around 7-Eleven parking lots <laughs> in Mastic Shirley, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I don't mind new metal. I mean, I'm sure most people these days don't. It's it's not really cool to hate new metal anymore. I don't think it's actually making a uh, comeback. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, is that you, uh, you want to hear th- that band Jinx? That's now trying to do some shit over here out in uh, New York. They got a uh, Justin Wang, great dude. Um, oh, 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 yeah. I watch his channel. Yeah, he was part of a, a metalcore band too before he started doing the YouTube stuff. He played in. Um, the world we knew. The world we knew, yes. And then, yeah, yeah he had another band before, but uh, yeah, he, that guy's a total gentleman. I've hung out with him a few times. Nice guy. Yeah, um, great guy. Great YouTube stuff. Do you guys know uh, Joseph from Slam Old Wide? Because I know, you know, he's out there. Yes, no. uh, I believe I, I met him at shows uh, once or twice. I, I think he's. I think he, if it's the guy I'm thinking of um, from Slam Worldwide, uh, he's a guy that that comes out to shows uh, at Long Island sometimes, man. Yeah, it, Slam Worldwide's only one guy. 
Oh, okay. I, I was un I was under the impression it was like a network of people because I couldn't picture one guy doing all that shit and, and keeping on top of it. So shout to him. Okay. Yeah, he's a workhorse, man. Like, you, you won't believe the kind of sacrifices he makes to get all those uploads up on time. He's It's amazing. I, I've, tried telling, I've tried telling him, like, many times, like, bro, please, please just get, like, an intern or something. Like, you don't even have to pay him. And he's, <laughs> he's like, iffy about it. Yeah, give him a college credit, man. That's easy. Those are free. Yeah, there, there was a kid from India that was, like, doing free videos, like, making free upload videos, like, not even... Those those ones that look really good, too. And I was like, just say, dude, just just let him be an intern, because, you know, it's you're not going to lose anything. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Wow. I, I literally, until now, I thought that was, like, a network of people in different places that, that were responsible for all that. That's, oh, that's awesome. So shout out to Joseph. That's cool. We got to get him on the podcast, in all honesty, man. You know, talk, talk to him. Yeah, you absolutely should. He's, he's great. Gonna, hold on, guys. I... Have the notebook right here. The, the guys can verify on Skype. I'm adding him to the list. That's what we do now. Because <laughs> we get so many, so many recommendations. So, but getting back, uh, just the new metal thing. I, I, I'm gonna bug you out right now, bro. I'm gonna have an old head flex. All right. I promise not to, not to drive that point into the ground on this episode. But it, it's a natural one. Might be too late. Talk well. about new metal. I, I pretty much, I, I pretty much missed new metal. Because I went straight from like grunge into like Iron Maiden and Pantera and then Mortician. That was kind of like my trajectory of everything. And when by the time Corn and Slipknot and Limp Bizkit were out, I was like, what's up with Regurgitation's new album? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, what's up with that new Flesh Grind? When's, when's Flesh Grind coming out? You know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, Dead and Broke Up? Bummer. You know, I, I wasn't trying to hear about Slipknot. Or, but going back, I do have my new metal like guilty pleasures and i'm definitely interested in this um to spin it all back fate uh from france in the year 2000 suffocation uh with turntables apparently yes that's pretty much what it sounds like and it's it, 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 it's amazing it, like when you listen to that album it's it's, it's kind of hard to believe it even exists because it's just like like I, like i said earlier like i like experimental music i like stuff that's just like weird as shit that album is weird, especially for the time period it came from. I just, whenever I hear it, I'm just like, whoa. I'm excited to check this out. An era of new metal where like a vocalist, the vocalist would just like make ridiculous ass sounds and it just sounds like you're like having a seizure or something. Like I think like that came from uh, from Korn. Cause yeah, like Jonathan Davis. Davis would, yeah, he would just do all the weird scat shit. And I actually read in an interview like really recently that like, a lot of that came from him just like being up too long on meth because when they did the first album they were all addicted to that shit <laughs> there you go man rock and roll and drugs the tale as old as time there you go the new metal trope of just going all just comes from meth use love it meth man so alright so um one uh, newer recommendation, man. Something uh, a little bit fresher for the listeners, man. The newest Devangelic record, I would definitely say. Did. I think it was called like Set or Setsu or something. Okay, I haven't kept up with their most recent release, but yeah, I'm, I'm uh, familiar with them. Yep. Yeah, I bought their last CD last year. Like their that flag, flag, flaggy taunt, whatever it's called. I, their album titles are so hard to pronounce. Yeah. Am I mistaken, or was that the band that had an issue with Bandcamp or or something last year, taking their stuff down? I wouldn't. I don't think it, it was them because they 
their album art isn't really like terrible. It's actually kind of kind of tame. Yeah, I did see them at La- I did see them at Las Vegas Death Fest uh, not long ago. Amazing fucking band. Uh, the guitarist uh, also plays in Bull Me, which is like the greatest slam band ever. Yeah, we get a lot of requests yeah. of that via email, actually. Yeah, Volvet. Yeah, awesome band. Yeah, yeah, good band. A lot of people. You know what? Just just for the listeners, uh, in real time, Volvectomy on the list. Okay, everybody, we're gonna keep doing this on the podcast so people know because people are asking us, man. And there's a lot of people behind the scenes who either uh, they they're not interested in doing an interview for whatever their reason, and we respect that, or who don't get back to us, and we don't respect that. We gotta get got Holler back. But um, awesome, man. So. Uh, I will say this: If you do get them on the show, please tell them to do a fourth album already. I've been waiting so long. We'll we'll tell them, man. And um, I'm and gonna we'll actually tell play that clip. <laughs> Make it easy. Yeah. yeah. With with the dog barking, so they know it's real. Like we're gonna sick the downs on them if they don't put out that album. I need to shut my window. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry well, about it. Well, it's man. it's all it's all good, Lennon, because. Um, it's only the last minute or two. We love dogs on the podcast. Uh, dogs are always allowed to interrupt. It actually, it actually, it's bringing me back memories of Dahlia, Tom's dog, uh, in, that that was always in the studio with us. Now we're doing everything remote because of the uh, obviously the, the current events and everything. Um, we're on Skype now with each other, but so good to have a dog back on the podcast. Uh, but um, that being said, Lennon, I love I love dogs. I have I have a few myself, but. And your dogs must be really good because they're not bugging out over that other guy out there barking, man. Um, yeah, so good to have dogs back on the podcast. And that being said, you gave us your recommendations. Um, you talked about your new projects. Any any last words uh, for fans of your music or our listeners? Um, I just want to say it was a pleasure, uh, you know, having me on because, you know, I, I love Afterbirth. I remember when I was first listening to, like, you know, Slam Death, um, that demo tape from you know 93 was like one of the first things i heard and i just like fuck this is this is my shit <laughs> you know it, it absolutely is uh i absolutely do appreciate it that you reached out and had me a part of this and i'm very hyped to uh to speak with you and i just want to say you know get bullvestomy on and tell him to do a fourth album <laughs> <laughs> awesome man well uh, me and the heavy hole guys appreciate your time, and me and the afterbirth guys uh, appreciate the compliment, man. Thanks very much. And that afterbirth demo, because um, I, I, obviously I'm not on that afterbirth demo, so it's it's because that's that. I know you're not. Yeah, no, I I know, but I, I was just gonna make the statement again. Uh, we're from different generations, uh, but you know it's the it's the same things that keep us in, in tune. And the theme of this episode again, last time, Tom. Uh, is you know we did different generations in death metal coming together, wholesome wholesome vibes. Everybody's cool. Uh, Lennon O'Donnell, we're gonna keep our eyes on Pestilectomy and anything else you're doing. Thank you for your time, brother. We appreciate it. I appreciate you too, and um, keep doing what you do with Afterbirth because the last two albums have been phenomenal records. Respect, brother. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, Lennon. Have a good night. Take it man. easy, bud. All right, later. Peace.
Okay, so that was our interview with Lennon O'Donnell, a vocalist of Pestilectomy and uh, various other projects that we discussed. We appreciate his time. Uh, good talking to him, getting his perspective on things. Yeah, he's a busy dude. I always like people who stay busy and, and know their craft. He seems to have an understanding of history of death metal, so good guy in my book. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, pleasure to hear his take and, and point of view from that younger side that you're ever so curious about and, and we're going to keep bringing it to you guys. I love it. <laughs> That's right. I'm trying, Justin, I'm just trying to bridge the gap, the generation gap. You know what I'm saying, man? Got to know what the kids to... are thinking. What's coming yeah, up? I'm trying I'm to be you. like that cool uncle on the sitcoms that kind of like, you know, like, like, hey, you know, your dad's not so bad. I remember when I was his age. You know what I mean? That type of thing. I'm trying to bridge everybody together. Like, hey, like, hey, I remember internal bleeding. You know, it's all good, guys. You know, that's me, man. I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to be like the Uncle Jesse of yeah. uh, slam death metal right now. You know, That's a good guy to try to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on that note, um, would you guys please have mercy on me? Yes, I just did a full house pun. Uh, give me some recommendations and shut me the fuck up, please. Um, let me get this one out of the way, if you don't mind, guys. Yeah, get, we're getting everything out of the way tonight, man. We're getting all my puns out. All, see, this is the it's like a subtle joke. I'm dropping dad jokes all night because I'm the old head, right? Oh, my God. Justin, <laughs> take me there. The new genre, it's just called uncle jokes, right? <laughs> okay. Guys, uh, bringing in this new band this week. They ha- seem to have come out of nowhere and, and gaining a lot of popularity, uh, all you know, good and bad in the hardcore scene. Um I'm talking about San Jose's ignorant, over-the-top, tough guy, fuck you, beat-down bands, Tsunami. Mm. And that's without a T. It's just, it's Tsunami. Yeah, that took a second for me to, like, figure out what that word was for a second. You know, phonetically, it all makes sense, but I'm used to the T. That's right. So, uh, you know, the more I look at, at this word, the, I like it better than the, the proper spelling of it. Um, but there's no, there's nothing proper about this band other than, like I said, it's over the top belligerence. Um, you know, you look at their band camp, their bio is you're a bitch, uh, you know, in the song, you know, you got like the, the lyrics, man, they have to be just like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a joke. A little bit of the old locker room talk, a little bit of the old locker room talk going on with those guys. That's right. You know, according to yeah. Tsunami, there there are two kinds of people in this world. Uh, uh, you know, like people from the Bay and bitches. That's what they said. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't share that opinion, but uh, go on. So, yeah. So, for you know, whatever it is, you know, you guys are sick of me talking about the shop. But when I'm in there clapping two pieces of wood together, uh, this is oh what boy. I've had on the past, the past week. Make, <laughs> making a clap like Buster Rhymes. Go ahead. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so this band uh, features members of other California hardcore uh, recent giants, such as Gulch and Hand of God. Okay. Uh, God damn, man! It, just like people wearing boxing gloves in the pit. They've only played one show and released a three-song demo. And I'm, I'm telling you to check out. Well, check out that demo for sure. But there's a there's a pre-order up for. There's new self-titled seven inch, and that's kind of what I'm bringing out. So you know, go to the Bandcamp tsunami408.bandcamp.com. Check out the song Feds Watching. Uh, Whoa, fucking these guys! It's yeah, it's insane. That. 
It's insane. Now, they, did, they put out a three-song demo, uh, played one show that they put up on YouTube uh, in a small little gym. Uh, just very, very violent. You know, some, some like, 2007, like, stacked Sunday show at Finn's Pub. You know, this band's maybe going on, like, fifth out of 12, and, and the place is packed, and it's just dangerous in there. Uh, really, Justin <laughs> Justin is describing them in Long Island terms for, for the right. listeners, just so you don't know. That's... Our Long Islanders know exactly the vibe right now. Yeah, you know, you know, you're waiting to see fucking Revenants come on, and this yeah. band plays, and you're like, "Shit, let me go buy a shirt." And the shirt yeah, just says, like, "Fuck you're you, like, you on let it." Me, let me stand in the back because if it's this crazy now, then without remorse is going to really tear it up in a few that's, minutes. That's, <laughs> that's the vibe. Yeah. Oh my god! That's exactly Listen, right. I, I agree with you, Justin. The listeners should check this out. Uh, should uh, order merch from this band. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. There are people from the Bay. Uh, there are bitches in life. I, I can't concur with that opinion. But check them out anyway. Tsunami. And they shout out animosity, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, there you Bay, go. Bay Area death metal legend. So. Well, here's another question too. Boxing gloves in the pit. Now I've never been much of a crowd killer myself. All that sort of Same. thing. I I do know uh, your fist. Uh, the boxing gloves they protect your fist, right? Yeah. But um, they they also like don't they 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 uh, uh, like soften the impact as opposed to just your your knuckles, right? Your bare knuckles, right? Um, yeah, I would say I, w- I would say. So um, a bare fist in a pit is actually the more brutal thing. It's just more aesthetically mm-hmm. pleasing to have the boxing gloves in the pit. I think so. Uh, From I think a design it, perspective, I think, Justin. I think wearing boxing gloves to protect yourself or somebody else at a tsunami show is disrespectful to the band, um, mm. because mm. there should, yeah, there should be as much damage as possible uh, done mm. at one of these shows. And I just go over the top. You know, well, like, I guess we have, uh, as they say, a New York state of mind. That's right. Shout out to Shark Punch. Should say. <laughs> Shout to Billy Joel and shout to Tsunami. I have a relatively new recommendation. Some of you might know this one, as it did make a bit of a stink on the internet. Uh, people mm. were talking about it. I was in the dark, because I, well, I, I'm one man. I only have two sets of eyes. I need my internet coming at me as I get it. So, my recommendation is the band Zoth and their album Interdimensional yes. Invocations. Yes, strong. Dude. Yes, self-released October 17th, 2019. This fucking band is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I could best describe them as melodic tech death thrash. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. They really seem to sink their teeth into melodic elements, thrash elements, but all with this kind of um, like fun thing that they're doing, which sometimes I think can go so sour in bands if they're having too much fun. 
and the music kind of takes a back seat. That's not the case at all with this band. Uh, musically, they're they're just on point. Uh, the compositions are super fluid. Uh, the performance is solid as fuck, and the leads are very interesting. Um, they have those moments where the leads are just like next level level guitar shredding, and then the kind of leads that you can almost just hum while you're taking the shower. You know, you're in there, you're, you're drinking a beer in the shower, and it's like that sticks in your head. That's your business, Tom. That's very true. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is it has earworm qualities. Um, yes, that will yes. that will haunt you everywhere. We hope the worms are coming from the music in your shower, bro. I, I don't know what's going on over here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been weird. We haven't had a plumber come by in a bit. But uh, you, you know, uh, one look at this band's logo, and you can see the appreciation for Voivod. This is definitely um, th- this is in the Voivod territory. Also, very much for like fans of Revocation. Instead of the jazz element of the chromatic runs. And the cool shit that I like about Revocation, this is um, uh, more of like an epic quality to it. So it has something akin yes, to sir. folk metal without being hmm. corny NC Ferrum style. Uh, well, I got to say, you used a few words that I, I, I can't necessarily disagree with, uh, but are dangerous words, perilous words to describe this band. Melodic, fun. Uh, folk metal. Um, I, I can see what you're talking about, but I don't want the listeners to be dissuaded from this brilliant release uh, that I'd like to thank you for bringing into my life yesterday. Um, it, it, yeah, it slipped off my radar. I'm up front with the listeners. I, I'm not one of these guys that's like, oh, I know that band and every demo they put out. And you know, No, I, I hear stuff for the first time all the time. It happens, just like every other person. I feel like we have a lot of listeners that are hearing this right now and going, how did you not know about this album? Dude, it happens, man. And I think about all the beautiful albums I told you about on all the episodes since this came out. That's what I was busy doing, okay? It's not like I was out <laughs> uh, 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 scoping from the bass player for my pop-punk studio project or something crazy, or like uh, yeah. you know, getting married and planning a future or something. I was doing the Medal of Death thing, alright? I'm sorry I missed Zoff. My bad. No. But yeah, uh, melodic, but not in like a Swedish at the gates way that might pop in your mind when you put that term with death metal. Fun, but not corny and like tongue-in-cheek uh, metal, which, especially when you use like the thrash word when you use fun and thrash in the same sentence nowadays, I mean, everyone just thinks high tops and pizza right off the bat, you know, and you, can't, you know, it, it'll, it'll turn certain parties off, um, allegedly. This whole wave of bands that kind of, like, ripped off municipal waste. This is not that. This is, like, um, next-level technical shredding space death thrash. I liken it a lot to um, maybe older pestilence and death but branching out in ways um, uh, just completely different uh, in, in different signature styles in the guitar work. The guitars have some uh, interesting effects and production techniques on them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like the, the lead guitars, maybe you guys know a little bit more of the terminology of that, but just such a fun album to listen to, man. Ear candy, earworms all the way, man. This is a great piece mm-hmm. of work right here. Yeah, some of those like really infectious leads reminded me of like the better parts of that band Fallujah. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, or or like this band Mithras, you know, that like vast open field, you know, of uh, of like floating guitar work. It seems to almost be informed by some video games in a way, because I mm. every now and then I'm I, I'm listening to it and I go, I feel like that's something I heard in you know one of the Zelda games or something, and uh, mm. but still keeping it very heavy. So yeah, th- I feel like that's a good mix. They they got it down. 
I feel like the video game music uh, conversation definitely needs to be brought up more, and maybe it's an episode we need to do because a lot of those people that compose the music for the video games, either nowadays or the classic video games, they probably were um, inspired maybe by the same things that inspired metal musicians, classical music, uh, more you know, more progressive rock music, things of that nature, man. So I think there's definitely more of a gray area there uh, than we realize with the video game music, and we're probably just seeing it... Um, I guess maybe come to fruition more now in this generation where people grew up on that sort of thing and are uh, actively trying to trying to find ways to push death metal forward and maybe that's one of them. Great example here, Zoth, Interdimensional Invocations. Um, they had a, another album they released prior and I didn't dive into it as much, but I heard two songs off of it and it just seems like a good progression. Uh, the other one was a bit more raw, but I think with this kind of music there is a bit of um, polishing up that helps it bring it to life. In this case, 100%. Okay, I'm bringing in um, a new release, uh, some new music by a very old project, very old band, Death Courier from Greece, uh, which dates back to 1987, um, still featuring uh, one original member, bassist and vocalist Bill, uh, who I, I guess uh, keeps the project going throughout all these years, and they have the uh, Necrotic Verses album coming out this year in 2020 on Transcending Obscurity Records. And um, I'm going to, again, I'm being totally upfront. I didn't know Death Courier from Greece, even though they date back to 1987. I guess I'm not the sick cult guy right now. Sorry, but um, <laughs> I, I love them and I'm checking them out now. I do have to explore the back catalog, but I was really um, taken in by, by a couple of songs that kind of came up on my algorithm while I was looking for some new music to recommend. Really tight, bombastic kind of metal of death with a blackened atmosphere. Uh, very old school sound, but the production is, I don't want to say modern production, but it's very fresh, very crisp. It feels like they take advantage of modern techniques that'll suit them, um, but it, but they're, they're trying to stay stylistically true uh, to, to what I would presume is the nature of the band being an old school band. Really brutal, ghastly, scary vocals. Um, uh, moments of kind of dissonant tech that punctuate the more stoic old school atmosphere. Maybe even like a, um, I don't know, like your, your old school bolt thrower or ass fix or, you know, just like that chunky kind of riff driven metal. Uh, but, th but then they'll come out with some sort of dissonant weird riff that conks you over the head out of nowhere. And you're, you're like, whoa, what did they do there, man? They have an interesting way of going between um, more experimental, dissonant, technical riffs, and more kind of like uh, true traditional death metal and, and black metal kind of variations of metal riffs. And I enjoyed that a whole lot. And um, just an interesting band. And I, like I said, I wasn't familiar with them. I heard some tracks off of this new album that had been put up on uh, social media promotionally. And when I did my research, I said, wow, 87, I gotta check out. So I'm gonna check out more of Death Courier from Greece. Uh, starting with this Necrotic Versus album that's come that's come out this year, 
and um, go to the back catalog and see how far this thing goes to 87, man. So, uh, and, you know, Greek black metal is its own discussion to be had. Uh, maybe we could do an episode on that, on that in the future, but I have to educate myself better, to be honest. When you sent this release over, one thing that stuck out was the production on it. Um, it had this old school flavor to it, but like, you know, the kick drum really came through. Uh, modern, but not too plasticky, and I like that. Yeah, this is like yeah. almost, I, I feel like one of the last discussions we've had about production was like, how can how can you bridge the gap between like that raw old school sound using modern technology? And like this is this comes pretty damn close, you know, to, to like what that would sound like. Yeah, I like this a lot. Death Courier from Greece. Let's rip it. Let's play it. Yeah, that was Death Courier from Greece, man. Old school band um, of the new album. Uh, and tonight our guest, uh, again, Lennon O'Donnell, Pestilectomy and other projects. We appreciate his time and having that conversation with us. Um, and we encourage you to check out uh, Pestilectomy and all his other projects. Um, just look at the guy's metallum. He's got quite a catalog going on for a young guy. Um, appreciate him. Shout out to him. And um, uh, you guys, uh, Zoth, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. Well, don't forget tsunami. They might not. Uh, they might not be able to shred like Zoth, but they will get you going. Yeah, not. They don't give a shit about this podcast or any of us. <laughs> so, so fuck us, but fuck them too. How about that? So, tsunami, man. I mean, yeah. I I remember. Uh, I remember uh, Mastic Shirley in in nineteen ninety eight. It was a lot like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, th- no, thank you for the recommendation. And yeah, there's a lot of shit, man. I got to, um, you know, I remember when, when Vector came out, everybody was telling me about Vector. Anything that's got a spaceship or space travel on it, people are like, oh, Will's an artificial brain. He heard that the minute it came out. It has an opinion about it. You know, I'm sorry. I can't keep up with all this stuff, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not the cult icon you think I am. It just gets beamed right to your brain. Check out this new Vector. There you go. Bro. Yeah, man. And, and I, was, I was telling you guys behind the scenes, it's like... Profound Law Records. Love a lot of music that uh, Chris puts out, Chris Bruni, man. And, um, you know, it's been great to, to any any of my um, uh, projects, the Artificial Brain, you know, and all that. But, it, yeah, it's not like every time the guy puts out an album, I, I'm just, like, sent a copy of it and, and, like, listen to the entire thing front to back and can tell you about it within 24 hours, man. Sometimes people, I'm like, I'm like I didn't even know that came out yet. People are asking me about it. You know what I mean, man? I can't keep up with things like that, you know? I think we do an okay job of uh, telling other people about music, and that would be you, listener. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope you get something from all the recommendations and all the guests we have on here. Yeah, so uh, get off my back. I'm doing my best. (laughs) And uh, just to show you that we're doing our best to get you packs of stickers with my face on them. Uh, we're not even charging shipping as long as you punch in uh, some alleged words or something. Justin, take this over. It's getting too complicated for me. All right, let me simplify this out, uh, people. You know the alphabet. You know words about it. Uh, if about you it. just yeah, if you just uh, use your fingers, type in chunky riffs with your Whoa. fat fingers. 
Or your skinny this fingers. Guy, this guy's coming at me right now. You heard that? Dude, I'm all hyped up from Tsunami. You know? Fucking buy a sticker pack. Chunky riffs. Yeah. Or don't. Yeah, Who yeah. cares? No, get, get it, please. You get please. some fat fingers in your face. <laughs> please, dude. You have, you have nice, beautiful fingers, all you listeners out there. I can tell how nice all of your hands are. Well manicured. The nails are all cut. They're not, you know, filled with dust like mine. <laughs> oh boy, here we go back <clears throat> to the wood shop with Justin. Listen, give him the promo code. <sighs> Guys, promo code is Chunky Riffs. Free shipping. Get it while it lasted before I make it some sort of Bob Vila term and not tell anybody about it. Yeah, like beard. Heavyholepodcast.com. Chunky Riffs is the promo code if you want to get free shipping on those sticker packs. Uh, woodwork is Justin's passion in life and we're going to let him talk about it besides the Rangers and Cannibal Corpse uh, Chris Barnes era apparently um, Tom your passion in life is uh, audio engineering and editing and it's slowly turning into a tumultuous torturous experience is that true? it doesn't matter it just doesn't matter Will I, I exist in <laughs> a, a void of, of sound I, I, I can edit with my eyes closed believe it or not but out of all the podcasts you do only counting the heavy hole, how many of them do you love? In the death metal themed podcast I have, this is number one. Yeah.